0: It's the Todd Ortloff Show on News Radio KONP.
1: Now, here's Todd.
0: Well, it is Fair Week. First time we've been able to say that in a couple of years. Uh, coming up Thursday, the Clallam County Fair opens up in Port Angeles, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the fair today. In the first segment, we have the Clallam County Fair Royalty in, and I haven't been able to do this for a couple of years either, and that's a talk with the uh, young ladies who represent uh, the, the fair throughout the, the rest of the year, in fact, as, as well as uh, being out there at the grounds for the fair them uh, as well. A little bit different this year because COVID kind of, took away what how normally the fair royalty is picked so there was, was an appointment made of this and there's some different titles this year and we'll kind of get into all of that but here we go we've got three lovely young ladies who are representing the uh, the fair this year uh and queen allison pettit we'll start with you uh she's a 16 year old sophomore at pa high school and uh pete and michelle are her mom and dad and uh you are uh, been involved in a lot of things maybe i'll have you just explain a bit about kind of what what do you do when you're not the not doing fair royalty?
2: Oh, um so this year actually for school I'm going to be in the running start program so I'll be starting college this year too. I'm also in the NGRTC program at the high school. I am going to be in precision air rifle this year and also I'm part of the color guard team too. Um I also love quad riding um especially going on hikes in nature
0: all right Uh, have you been involved in the fair in some capacity your whole life kind of thing or what
1: what
2: Uh, um my dad works with the clom county and so i um he always helps out at fair and everything so i sort of get involved there a little bit but i also did 4-h for i think two years and um i did chickens for two years and dogs for one year so i was involved there
0: Okay, that was going to be my next question, what your animals were. So uh, what made you uh, decide you might want to do fair royalty?
2: Um, Ever since I was a little girl, I always looked up. Um, On 4th, on 4th of July during the parade, I always looked up and I saw the queens and the princesses. I was like, oh my gosh, I want to be up there. I want to do it. Because um, my little girl dream was to always be a princess, of course. Yeah. Um, and then when, my dad likes to brag about me a lot and... He started bragging to me to Lori Davies the lady who runs Clom County royalty she's, she's the
0: royalty mom for those who don't <laughs> know right yeah there she is waving out the student out in the front room <laughs> oh,
2: and then they I thought I was going to go through like normal procedure I didn't right. know I would be appointed and I just like, cried when I got got home when I found out I was going to be the queen
0: yeah. um, I are you a little disappointed though that I mean it's great you were appointed but you didn't get to do the whole thing right <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, it was t- so tough because you guys couldn't get in the same room. You couldn't do the, the, all the interviews and all of the things that normally go with it.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'm really that disappointed about it, cause, yeah. um, especially because I get shy and really nervous, and I think I'd probably struggle a little bit, and I'd probably end up being princess or something, so I'm really happy I got this year to be appointed queen yeah. and everything.
0: Well, you've represented... Well, we were just joking before we went on. They were. I asked them where they had been, and they were telling me about their travels and they've been quite busy and I, I know there's kind of a bonding then that happens with uh, all three of you because you get thrown together for <laughs> a good nine months out of a year to, to do this. All right this year because of the way things went there's a queen there's not princesses there's a queen's court and uh, then there's junior royalty so we're going to talk with the queen's court which is Sophia Lawson a 14 year old eighth grade student at uh, Squim Middle School so Sophia welcome uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your journey to uh, this position that you're in.
3: I've been doing junior royalty in the past because my grandma helps Laurie Davies out. And so I've kind of been like around and so I'd go with the princesses and the queen um, during the parades and I'd walk um, besides the float and I'd learn the dances and all that stuff. So I've kind of been like used to this. So it was really cool that I got this opportunity
0: have you been a 4 her for a long time or i mean what uh, what's your your um, not involvement not
3: really i did one year of 4h okay. um when i was um in junior royalty
0: okay um th- what do you do when you're not doing this kind of thing what what uh, what are your hobbies what what do you enjoy doing
3: uh i really like art and reading is another big thing that i enjoy
0: okay Congratulations. Uh, Queen's know. Court uh, as well. And we have junior royalty here as well. Kendall Adolph is an 11-year-old. She's a fifth-grade student at Helen Haller in Squim. Oh, I should point out that Mark and Elizabeth Lawson are, uh, are, are Sophia's mom and dad. Got to give credit where credit's yeah. due, right? Uh, and uh, Kendall's parents are Jeremy and Kyla Adolph. Uh, Let's talk a bit about you. Junior royalty. So what is, you know, how did you get involved with this? And as as we just heard from Sophia, she was junior royalty before as well. So it's kind of a first foot in the door for all of this, isn't it?
4: Yeah. So um, I kind of, I signed up, I did an essay and one, I'm the only junior royalty this year and I'm so lucky to be a Sophia and Allie and um, I got lucky enough to be on the float and learn the dance and really cool.
0: All right. Uh, Tell us a bit about you. Uh, You're pretty involved in 4-H, I understand? Yes.
4: I do chickens and this will be my first time doing turkeys in person. Um, So I'm really excited, you know, come down and see them at the auction. Um, And yeah, I really like 4-H. I've been doing it for six years now.
0: Okay, aside from raising poultry and uh, doing this, what else do you like to do?
4: Yeah, so I'm a part of the Squam Acrobatics program, and yeah. I absolutely love that, learning new tricks and whatnot, doing the shows, and also I love playing piano and doing arts and crafts. and. You know, hiking, being with family and friends.
0: All right. You're going to try to get into the uh, senior royalty uh, moving along? Is that yes, a plan? Yes, definitely. I okay. would love
4: to be queen someday. All
0: right. Well, it's a great start. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Okay, back to the queen. Uh, Allie, let's talk about uh, kind of what you what you have to do. What, what, are, what are your tasks? Tell our audience what, what it means to be on the royalty for the fair.
2: Oh, so um, our royalty will also, during fair, we'll be judging animal costumes and everything and... I think we get to go watch the rodeo, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, also, um, being in parades and dancing stuff, we were six parades this year.
0: Which is a big step up from parades in the past because there hasn't been a lot of parades until this year, too. So congrats on that. You got to go out, Thank hit you. the road a little bit. Did you, have you, uh, and any of you can chime in, favorite parade? What uh, what has it been the favorite spot that you guys went to? are thinking hard
3: port orchard for me okay. definitely yeah. the so, hospitality house was awesome yes. so port <laughs>
0: orchard amazing. is the winner then in all yes. of, and that's the fathoms of fun right i yes. think it's what that's called down in all port orchard parades
2: were really fun though for sure yeah. but yeah, yeah. the okay. first one was really funny it was like um it was starting to rain and we thought oh no it's gonna start raining as we're dancing and then all of a sudden the sun came out and
4: everything yeah. perfect we're timing ready.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I always ask this, uh, and we'll go. We'll go to uh, Sophia first for this one. What's your favorite part about the fair? What do you like most? I mean, aside from being on, you know, royalty, but uh, yeah. just going.
3: Uh, I really enjoy the animal barns and getting to see all the animals. I'm an animal lover, and I really enjoy the cats.
0: Okay. Are you a cat person? Do you have cats? Yes, I
3: have three cats. Okay,
0: (laughs) I figured as much. All right, uh, let's, uh, Candle, what's your favorite part about the fair?
4: I would say definitely the auction, especially because it's going to be my first year in person, like I said earlier. just super excited.
0: How many animals do you have in the auction? I should have asked you Uh, that earlier. I have two turkeys. You're doing two turkeys. Two turkeys this year. All right, chance to get your hands on the Junior Royalties turkeys this year if if you were the high bidder. All right, to the queen, what's your favorite part about the fair?
2: I think probably going on the rides and everything. Usually me and my friends go, and be and having a blast together.
0: Well, you are all smiles, so I think you're kind of excited about actually having a fair to be uh, a court over. <laughs> because in the uh, yes. last couple of go-rounds, they thought they might have a fair, and they didn't, and uh, kind of got the short end of things. So uh, congratulations, and have fun this week.
2: Thank you. Yeah. We and,
0: and Although it's not done. Because you have more obligations, don't you, even after this week's done?
4: Um, um, I think we have the Demolition Derby and the... Um, we might be going coronation. to Coronation. P- oh, yeah,
0: Coronation it, yeah. January. Yeah, yeah, you have to go. Yeah, you have to make the complete circle yes. out of this thing, right? <laughs> we
2: so. might go to POL well up there, too.
0: Okay, there you go. Well, we'll see you out at the fairgrounds, I'm sure, because you'll be out wandering around doing all of uh, your royal duties. And we appreciate you coming in for a few minutes to uh, introduce yourselves to our listeners Queen Allison Pettit, uh, Queen Court Sophia Lawson, and uh, Kendall Adolph the Junior Royalty. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk a little bit more fair. We get the fair manager back in uh, for another segment with us, and we'll also talk with a 4-H coordinator about um, the important part of the fair—that is, the 4-H and all the animal barns and all the other things that go on with that. We'll do all of that right after this. This is the Todd Ortloff Show on News Radio KONP. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, it is fair week and uh, we're going to take another, uh, another another shot at Sherry Ayafrida who was in last week. We're going to talk with her now just a couple days out from the fair uh, about how things are shaping up out at the fairgrounds. And we'll also talk a bit about 4-H with the 4-H coordinator uh, Melanie Greer. And uh, that's such a big important part of what happens out at the fair every year. So I welcome both of you in and we'll start with Sherry. And I guess I'll ask you this. How are things shaping up? Are you still you know good to go? It looks like your weather's perfect.
1: Nice weather, yeah. right. Thanks for having us, Todd. Yep. Um, yes, everything's pretty much ready to go. We have vendors moving in and carnival setting up, and we will have a carnival. I have a lot of calls about that. Right. So that's I, exciting. And
0: there is a demo derby. We've gotten calls about that, believe it or not. People have been curious if that's actually happening. So that's happening at the end of the fair. So there, there's that, too.
1: Yes, that's at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Right. The kind of closing out the fair.
0: And can you just tell folks when tickets go on sale for that?
1: They do okay. They so they go on sale at nine a.m. that morning on Sunday, August twenty first. They're being sold on the the west parking lot near the uh, Lincoln Park BMX truck.
0: Okay. That's where you line up to get your tickets, 9 a.m. Sunday, because we've been getting calls about that, too. So I wanted to get that out of the way.
1: And people start lining up really early. They sell yeah. out very fast, yep. too, so people know.
0: Right. Okay, so uh, give us another little pitch why folks ought to come out. Uh, aside from the fact we haven't had a fair now for two years, uh, what uh, you know what, what's going to happen out at the fairgrounds when we get to Thursday?
1: Well, we have... Um, tons of things planned all the entertainment we have a friday night concert in the grandstands um tons of really good food and um it's just going to be fun a gathering for everyone all the kids are excited about showing their animals and being back at the fair
0: absolutely i think people are just going to be excited to just have an event to get to again like right the Fair. right uh the um how hard has it been? I, I kind of asked you this last week, but how hard was it to get the fair put together this year? Was it more difficult, less difficult? I mean, you, you know, with having it kind of, you know, I don't want to say lose momentum where you didn't have a fair and you thought you might have one, then you didn't have one. Right. Uh, you know, how did that all play into getting to where you're at in
1: 2022? Well, we uh, we were able to take the time to uh, plan it. It's, it was about the same, you know, yeah. the usual Um, Quite a while ago, we started contacting vendors, especially the food vendors, to see if they were still in business, and um, there was one that retired, uh, one that went out of business, but we have a bunch of new ones, and um, so, yeah, it was just moved along and got back into booking everything.
0: Was it hard to get a carnival lined up? Because there have been other events that have had struggles. you Because know, carnival companies, for the same reasons, a lot of people were having a hard time getting people to work and some other things. And I know that's not the case with the fair, just so you know. But uh, was it any different this year with the, working with the carnival crew?
1: No. Um, we were under contract with them. And they yeah. have been successful throughout the COVID years. And um, they streamed down um, a bit, I believe. They used to have whole units that would go out to different fairs um but i was always in touch with the owners and okay. you know how's it going and keeping in touch with them and uh yeah so we're we're really excited to have the yeah carnival. it
0: sounds like it'd be, you won't know the difference it's the same size everything else that pretty much is what it was pre-pandemic it's uh, from what i understand
1: it is yeah, yeah. and then they have um uh, the all you can ride bracelets that are for sale um they're 30 dollars. the price has not gone up and spend has that, that price for quite a while. You can buy them online. There's a link on the fair website. Okay. Or there are some locations uh, around town, like Swain's and Forks Outfitters and Dungeness Kids and Squim. And um, it's cash only. And you have to buy them uh, Wednesday before fair. So. By tomorrow.
0: That's right. By, by Wednesday. Otherwise, you're going to have to pay a lot more to do <laughs> to right. get out there. Uh, thematic, uh, you know, the fair. Tell us a little bit about the Blue Ribbon uh, Dreams and Blue Jeans theme uh, and all of that, maybe how that came about. Uh, I, I didn't ask you that last week, but uh, tell us about the contest for that uh, slogan this year.
1: Well, it was submitted by Fern Noble, and she's a 4-H, 4-H-er, four and uh, we carried carried it over Right. From 2020, and um, we have we have a lot of people right after fair ask what the fair theme is because they start making you know the needlepoint and the quilts and um, according to the um, uh, the theme. So we wanted to keep it you know keep it for this year. Good good uh, move because of all well, in yeah. our info booth they had all the deco- everybody had decorations and everything yeah. already. So uh, we're running the contest now. Um, you can win a hundred dollars. Um, passes to the fair and a fair T-shirt with uh, the with the logo. Okay. So we're running that for next fair.
0: All right, but well, we won't know what that is yet, quite yet. That gets right. announced later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. What um, uh, do you have a highlight? Do you have something that you know you've got the grandstand concerts back this year. It's not been there. I think you said 2005 was right. the last time there was a concert in the grandstand. Any other uh, you know big highlights that uh, you're you're kind of excited about uh, for the fair?
1: Well, we have the rodeo. So that's, that's it. in the draft horse poll, We have the logging show and um, just all, all different forms of entertainment. Yeah. We have um, country, rock. Uh, we have Aerosmith tribute, Santana and Doors tribute. Uh, we have a lot of local bands like yours, yeah. Black Diamond Junction. <laughs> in fact, you're opening for um, the headliner. Right. With and, the- uh, and the headliner, um, the, con- the grandstand concert is free with fair admission.
0: Good point. Uh, Like all the other entertainment as well, you uh, don't have to pay extra to get to those uh, stages that are going. You've got two stages going uh, aside from the grandstand, uh, so there's constant entertainment happening throughout uh, the whole four days. Yes. Right. Uh, It's fun. I'm just looking forward to uh, being at the fairgrounds, (laughs) because it's it's been a while. It's
1: kind of like a friends and family reunion. I hear that all the time, that people meet up at the fair. Yep.
0: Yep. And I always look at it as kind of like the book end of summer. I, to be honest with you, it's, it just didn't seem like we had a summer the last two years because we didn't have a way to, you know, end it. School kind of came right. back. And there was no there was no fair. We didn't have a chance to get together for, for one last raws, so to speak. <laughs> uh, of course, 4-H is a big, big part of the fair. And uh, I think it's still, you know, it's so vibrant, especially here in Clallam County. It's amazing. There's a lot of places, I think, that uh, would you're the envy of, uh, of 4-H programs. And Melanie Greer's... Uh, here, she's the 4 H coordinator. And I, maybe I'll ask you that as a, as a question. I mean, it is pretty robust here in Clallam County as far as 4 H programs go.
5: It is. Our numbers are a lot smaller than they were before sure. COVID. Um, so we are in a rebuilding phase. We have less animals than we have in previous years. We're um, we're quite low on still life leaders, so interesting. If okay. anybody wants to be a 4-H volunteer to teach still life projects, we're looking.
0: So, when you say still um, life, what does that entail? Because some people may say, "Well, I'm not quite that kind of an artist; I can't do that." What, what are you looking right?
5: for? So, we are pretty much anything, right? 4-H is a positive youth development program, so we can we can do anything at all as long as as long as it's positive for the kids that are involved. Um, we do have robust, peer-reviewed curriculum that helps leaders take on a project like sewing, crocheting, quilting, Mm -hmm. cooking, preserving. So the leader doesn't have to be an expert in those things. Um, Robotics, just anything you can uh, imagine. We have curriculum on a wide range of topics, so you don't have to be an expert. You just have to be good with kids yeah, and like hanging little, out with kids. Heart, heart
0: of a teacher, sort of uh, feel to things. And right go from there, right. Uh, you bring up a good point. The reason I kind of elaborated on that is I think we we tend to only think about the animals as 4-H. That's a huge part of it, but it's not all of it.
5: Right. There's right. We have several other programs. Yeah. We have a mountain bike club in the county, um, and you know they compete in mountain biking competitions around the state, and I think they have a lot of fun and. Um, we have archery and shooting sports and mm-hmm. so many opportunities if we have the volunteers to lead those projects.
0: So, 4 H, as you mentioned, is a, is a great de- skills development thing for youth. I mean, it's a lot more than just showing animals at the fair. It's what they learn in showing animals at the fair, is what it's really about.
5: Right, right. It is positive youth development, it's research based, evidence based. Mm-hmm. We. Um, what we what we do is we take a child's spark, we take a thing that they're very interested in, and through allowing them to pursue learning more about that thing, we slip in all of these other things that they need to learn. Like they all do record books every year that they hate, but <laughs> most, most of them hate. But those record books have things in them like goal setting and yeah. um, and Uh, reflection and record bookkeeping. And so they learn, especially for the kids who are raising animal projects or doing food projects, that they might want to consider that being a career one day. They're learning how to do the Mm -hmm. books for those things. They all have to do public presentations every year. So if a child who's been in 4-H for eight years has eight years of experience doing public presentations, and that's incredibly useful in anything you're going to yeah, do as an adult even
0: if it doesn't involve a horse or a cow or anything right, later right <laughs>
5: right so like they're they're learning about a horse or a cow or sewing or cooking or whatever because that's the yeah. thing the child's interested in but while they're learning about it we're instilling life skills that they're going to need throughout their lives.
0: You mentioned uh, Melanie a bit about you know the pandemic and it had an effect on all sorts of things. And part of it, you know, just like everything else, you couldn't get together, you couldn't do a lot of the things, the the social aspects of what comes with a 4-H club because they're club, you know, they're clubs. Um, do you see this starting to get you know maybe swing back as we get past some of this? Uh, you mentioned it's rebuilding, but is there starting to be maybe a little more interest again?
5: There is. Really, once it became official that we were absolutely having a fair again, it really picked back up. Mm -hmm. Also, this year in our county office, we were able to hire a livestock specialist. And so many of our livestock projects, the kids get to learn directly from a WSU livestock specialist. So... That's I think that, good. yeah, yeah that, right. there's been a lot of great interest in that, right? Where else can you spend $35 a year and learn right. directly from a university expert? Right. Yeah.
0: right. <laughs> People pay thousands for that normally, right? Right. Yeah. right,
5: right. And same with our dog showing, right? Some of them are professional mm-hmm. uh, dog trainers teaching kids how to train dogs for a very low price. So, um, yeah, as as people have seen those opportunities come yeah. back, they've really gotten interested. Our numbers are definitely smaller than they were pre pandemic, but I think once everybody goes to the fair and Oh they'll sees get all jazzed back, up
0: about it again, right? Right, right.
5: So we'll have plenty of information there well, about how to how to get and, involved.
0: And you know, there is a reality in this and that this pandemic stretched on and it was a couple two you know, almost three years of, of effect in it. it. A lot of these kids kind of aged out of what would have been their last few years of 4H anyway and that's kind of made it a little tough to get, you know, new ranks to to replace those. I would think that that might be part of your numbers issue.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Um absolutely. The most common reason people join 4H is because somebody else in their family was in it. Um and so yeah, yeah, as they age out and and take a break from it, it definitely is harder to bring in newer people. We also heavily rely on the older Four hers to be leaders and to and to sure. help mentor the younger participants, so yeah, as we <laughs> some of them have aged out, and we haven't necessarily replaced them yet, but it's. It's still awesome.
0: Well, it's great to have a fair as you mentioned, I think, just to kind of show off what 4-H programs are. And as I mentioned, a lot of people don't realize that there's cooking. There's other things. It's not just uh, you don't have to raise an animal to be in a 4-H club.
5: Right. You absolutely (laughs) do not have to raise an animal. (laughs) You can, can, but it's not necessary. Sure.
0: A little later, we're going to be talking with some 4-Hers that are involved with the auction. And you mentioned a bit about kind of learning about the business end of livestock raising or poultry and that and it is they admit yeah it's tough i got to keep all my records i got to do all of this stuff but you can tell even from those and you'll hear it in the interview that they uh you know they're learning about spreadsheets and making the uh you know making the nut so to speak and making it all pay out so that at the end they don't lose money on their project
5: yeah the auction really is a master class in career readiness It's in addition to all of the skills they're learning through 4-H, they're also learning marketing. They're also learning what it takes to raise an animal to be food quality and to get it into the food system because that's a, that's a mm-hmm. large barrier. It's really tough. So, yeah, it's just an excellent opportunity for kids to get real-world experience of what it would be like to actually be a food producer.
0: Just before we let you go, if somebody out there is interested in you know being a leader in 4-H, what should they do?
5: Go to our website, um, Clallam County 4-H. We are within Washington State University Extension. We're a WSU program, so it's on the WSU Clallam County Extension page- website.
0: All right. And all the info's there. You can drop them a line and someone will get with you, Melanie probably directly, and <laughs> talk to you a little bit about what your interest might be. Uh, excited about the fair, I would think, I, just from where you're standing right now? Nice so to be back. So excited. <laughs>
5: so excited
0: (laughs) because all of those kids actually as you mentioned have the premier event again to to show at
5: absolutely it yes most of our projects rely on the fair to be the place where they get to showcase everything they've learned and worked hard on all year
0: all right uh maybe it's a loaded question but what's your favorite part of the fair what do you like most when you're out there
5: that's tough i really like the scones (laughs) <laughs> and
0: I everyone, had a picture. Everyone. She's really thinking about this. So. Right. there you.
5: Um, you know, I have to say my my favorite is the costume class for the oh, animals okay. where the where the 4-Hers and FFA kids. It's really creative. Do. Yeah, yeah, they they the, they their outfit matches their animal and it's it's just a coordinated event and it's yeah. so adorable it's yeah. a, I yeah. think that's my favorite oh, yeah, that's a
0: good one that's a good one <laughs> Sherry gets about three cracks at the same question because she comes in multiple <laughs> right. times so I'll ask you okay today what's your favorite part of the fair <laughs> Sherry
1: <laughs> I my favorite part is all the entertainment but I do enjoy watching the kids showing and and uh, everything that they do at fair yeah. Um, they have a good time, and I think that's what it's all about, having fun.
0: Yeah. Let's have a lot of fun this uh, weekend, starting on Thursday. Right. Uh, gates open at 8.30 on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all four days. Uh, the buildings open up at 9.00. Is that, Did I get that right? nine yes. thirty? Okay, 9 o'clock. And uh, get out there and enjoy the fair. The weather's going to be great. Mm-hmm. good unhealthy nice. food and some <laughs> healthy food too we should point out you can uh, partake in and great animals and all of that I'm just looking forward to the sounds and the smells and all of that Right, I missed it so Sherry's good mm-hmm. to see you again we'll see you out there you too. I'm thank Sherry you. Sherry Iafrida there who's the fair manager and uh, Melanie it's great to see you again thanks for coming in to talk a bit about 4-H and its involvement in the yeah. fair all thank right. you very much Melanie Greer there's a 4-H coordinator here in Clollam County and we'll take a break I'll uh, be back with more in just a moment
5: this is the Todd Ortloff show on news radio
0: KOMP all right, welcome back to the program. Going to be talking about something that uh, is kind of back in its old form, and that is the Pacific Northwest Junior Livestock Auction. Part of uh, the fair returning means the auction's going to be back at the fairgrounds again and going full out as part of the fair on Saturday, August 20th at noon. And uh, we got a couple of uh, the folks that are involved with having some uh, livestock that will be up for auction. We have Stella Yavinak and Bailey Anderson joining us. Uh, Bailey, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Junior Livestock auction. We hear about it, but maybe some people uh, aren't quite aware. This is a really a big thing. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's quite an event at the fair.
6: Um. So for us, um, the 4-H and FFA kids can participate in the auction, and it gives kids an opportunity to make money and sell and get uh, their name out there in the community. It's really a great opportunity for us to, you know. Meet people that can further our um, life as we grow older and maybe be our employers one day. Um, it's also a great opportunity for our community to support us and help us be become someone that's bigger and right. and do a go farther in our world
0: uh, Stella. I'm going to how old are you, Stella, I should ask? I'm 10. All right. So t- is this your first auction? How, m- how many times have you been in- involved with this?
7: Um, this is my first auction.
0: Okay. So what what are you auctioning off? What, what's your livestock?
7: Um, I'm doing sheep.
0: Okay. Uh, have you been raising sheep for 4-H for a while now? Is that... Uh...
7: No, it's a newer thing for me.
0: Oh, all right. So how did you get involved?
7: Um, to be honest, I've just had a lot of people in my family who've done it. So I thought I'd give it a shot on trying.
0: Okay. How many sheep do you have? I have two. You have two. So you're, are you auctioning both or just one?
6: I'm auctioning one.
0: All right. Um, so and Bailey, I'll, I'll go to you. What do you have uh, up for auction this I'm year? I'm
6: auctioning up a of steer this year. Okay. So. Uh,
0: and I'm. How long have you been doing this? You've been in 4-H for a lot longer than yeah, <laughs> than Stella.
6: I've been, <laughs> I've been in 4-H since I was in kindergarten. Right. But um, auctioning. Yeah, this will be my third year auctioning. Okay. And I've been showing cows since I was in third grade. Right.
0: I think we've talked with you in the past uh, when you were, like, maybe in the fifth or sixth grade maybe, doing something yeah. in the fair with your with your cows out there. So yeah. um, tell us a bit about, I mean, the decision to do the auction. I mean, it's kind of a, um, I, I guess it's a, it's a big step. Not everybody that's in 4-H has to do the auction. This is a totally a voluntary thing. But
6: um, for me, it's, you know. Like I said before, getting my name out there to people, uh, 4-H does that really well, but auction is just one step higher, and then making money to further my future. So um, my education, it'll be going towards that for me, and my Cattle herd. Um, yeah. I'm growing that. Yeah,
0: so. that was my next question. You're kind of turning into a, just a, a regular farmer, right? Mm-hmm. A, a rancher, I guess, yeah, might be more like sure, it for what you're you doing. could Say that, <laughs> uh, Stella. Uh, what about you? In the decision to do this, that's, that's a big step to auction off one of your animals. Yeah. Did uh, what? Do you hope to uh, do with the money that you raise?
7: Um, I hope to save it up for something that I've been wanting. Mm-hmm.
0: The, um, I mean, this truly teaches the business side of uh, all of this as well, and I think that's the intention as much as uh, it's tough because these these animals become almost like, I don't want to say they're almost like pets, but you get very attached to them. They completely uh, are. Uh, but it also kind of teaches, uh, Bailey, wouldn't you agree that uh, this is how it works in the world of if you're going to raise cattle, for example?
6: Mm-hmm, yeah. A big part of it is learning to um, be able to know the intention of your animal, so mm-hmm. You, if you know it's going towards, uh, you know, a sale that is terminal, then you right. kind of prepare yourself for that. Um, it's hard, but it's, you know, we got to do it.
0: So you had a steer this year. You're mm-hmm. giving. Uh, you're uh, putting up for auction. How did you decide uh, in in all of uh, your your cows and cattle as to what was going to go to auction this year?
6: Um, well, this steer actually, I'm super excited for him. He is the offspring of my very very first show cow oh (laughs) so that was kind of my deciding factor he came out a boy this it would have been he's a 2020 calf and so um that was kind of my deciding factor it was super important to me to
0: now forgive my ignorance but what does a steer go for these days i mean is that a premium auction item Are you gonna get some good dollars for that
6: yeah so it we'll see uh, I think a good average is three to four dollars a pound and my steer is about, He'll probably end up at about fourteen hundred pounds. Oh, very good. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, there could be a payout in this. Oh, if you for can. sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. I have to ask uh, Stella. You've probably done some research. What What is uh, what What do you think your animal goes for? What's the uh, What's the going rate?
7: I don't know for sure. Like I said, it's my first year, so I don't know that much yet.
0: So this is going to be a whole new experience, though, for you. And and Bailey's over here nodding because she remembers probably the first time you did an auction, right? And it was like, oh, wow, what do I do? Yeah. Right? It's a lot of learning on the job. <laughs>
6: it is. I had siblings growing up in four H and auctions, so I got to kind of watch it as I grew yeah. up. But,
0: but Stella, you've not had. Have you? You're it, right? As far as auction, are you the first one to do an auction? Uh, at least this type of one. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! All right, <laughs> very good. Um, okay, so what should folks know, uh, nuts and bolts for this thing, um, sometimes, I mean, I have to say, sometimes people really get, into, this is a great way to get quality meat, oh, for, <laughs> for sure. example, and some other things as well, and I know there's a lot of, uh, like, uh, businesses will go in, and I'm you know, i thinking something like your steer might go with, uh, you know, some people kind of go in together, and, and we'll buy the whole cow, and then divide it up, that sort of thing, so what, what should folks know?
6: Yeah, um, so... There's different ways of supporting the auction. You actually don't have to buy a whole animal. You can uh, do an add-on, so you can choose one kid or you can choose a whole group of kids and just give them a couple bucks um, if that's what you're wanting to do. You want to support everybody. Or um, I know there's a lot of companies that'll buy multiple animals and then kind of split it up amongst Mm -hmm. their people. Or there's also some companies that'll buy... And families that'll buy an animal and then um, donate it to a food bank. So that's yeah. always a good option.
0: Yeah, and I've heard that uh, every year there's a couple that uh, that happens mm-hmm. as well. What I, I got, I guess, Stella, I can't ask you this because you haven't done it yet, but uh, Bailey, what's it like when your animal goes for auction? How do how do you feel? I mean, what uh, are you anxious? Describe kind of what happens once your your uh, your animal is up there for bid.
6: Um, I think there's a little bit of anxiousness, but also a lot of pride. You know, you've spent a lot of time, um, for me, it'll be since he was born, um, this year, but raising an animal and putting money and effort into it, you know, hours a day. And so you get to take it up there and show it off and listen to, um, the bidders, you know, going back and forth. And it's so fun to yeah. just experience that.
0: And they bring in, a, there's a professional auctioneer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sound is just like you were at a real auction because it is one. I mean, it, it really is a real auction mm-hmm. that's going on. Uh, Stella, how much time do you put in in raising your, your animals, uh, would um, you say, in a week? Or, you know,
7: I put in, I try to put in a good amount of time. I try to keep it equal during the days sometimes to work with them and then give them a break.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, and this is uh what made you decide to go with uh, with sheep uh, was there a specific reason you liked
7: um, I guess just since it's my first year to start out with something littler, yeah and something that would be easier for me to figure out, and...
0: well I have to say that uh, Stella's ten, I don't know how tall you are, but you're not you're- <laughs> you're a ten year old I don't know. <laughs> You can work up to the uh, to the, you can work up to what Bailey's doing uh, <laughs> over some time. So um, it's a tremendous amount of expense, though. I don't. How much would you say you've put into your steer? That's probably you know if you had to put a, a monetary dollar you know amount to it.
6: Yeah, I am not entirely sure. I, I probably put a couple thousand in mm-hmm. feed wise, and then you know there's a lot of kids that are buying their steer for eight hundred dollars at you know, back in the winter. So um, I got lucky this year and didn't have exactly, to do that. Exactly. But yeah. um, I have in the past. So, you know, a couple thousand goes in and then you're hoping to make it and all back.
0: It, and again, part of the business part of this as well, as you uh, kind of advance through this, you start having to, you know, do the spreadsheet, so to speak, yep. as to what do I really need to get out of selling this to mm-hmm. uh, to make it uh, pencil out, as they say.
6: Yeah, that's yeah. actually mandatory in 4-H. You have to go through and, and find out how much you're spending throughout the year and, Um, what your profits gonna be
0: okay Uh, is there a a spot people can go to pre look at things oh yeah pnwjla.com right and uh, is there previews on there can people kind of see at least a list of what's uh, coming up do you know I I haven't been on there so I don't know
6: Um, I think they can go in and see kind of how the auction is gonna work Um, and uh, it'll kind of show you what the sign-up will look like and
0: all right. that. And uh, you can also, I know, click in there and you can do an add-on uh, if mm-hmm. you feel like it uh, yeah. at this point. And I know a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. They'll just uh, say, hey, here's uh, 100 bucks, $200, whatever it's going to be, and yeah. put it towards all the 4-H and FFA kids. Uh, well good luck at the fair. It's good yeah. to have it back. I mean, it's kind of like, it, it's part of that day of the fair at noon. I, yes. you know, it always happens right behind where we broadcast from mm-hmm. and, you know, we've missed being there and kind of the sound of the auction just sounds like a fair. Right. <laughs> All right. Bailey Anderson, good luck. Thank Thanks you. for coming in. And Estella Janek, uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, great uh, and good luck with your first auction.
7: Thank you.
0: All right. Uh, The uh, Junior Livestock Auction is Saturday, August 20th at noon at the Clallam County Fair. And uh, if you want all of the information, go online to pnwjla.com, and you can get all of the logistics as to what's going to happen there, and you can also sponsor uh, and do a little add-on if you'd like at that point, too. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. ASMR is a phenomenon that took off during the pandemic, but it's been around for nearly a decade. It stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, which refers to the tingling sensation some listeners say they feel as they hear recordings of ambient sounds like tapping, whispering, and drinks being poured. It often comes in the form of YouTube videos. During 2020, there were 11 million monthly Google searches for ASMR. Emily Schultz spoke with some of the creators putting out content to find out more about what it is and how they're making a living doing it.
8: You're up late at night, you've got your headphones on, and you can't sleep. How about tuning in to some ASMR? Hey there. It's usually someone sitting alone in front of one or two microphones, whispering or tapping or quietly talking into the mic. Those who are drawn to ASMR say they find it calming and many of those who produce it, like Kelly Lewis from Maryland, have turned it into a job. Lewis began producing her own ASMR content part-time after she listened to other creators to de-stress back in 2016. Now, she has over 70,000 subscribers on YouTube and recently made it her full time job. Top creators can earn over $1 million a year. And even though Lewis, known online as Kelly Belly ASMR, doesn't make that much, she says the pandemic did bring her financial stability. Like, kind of knew that it was going to be something that would be able to support me financially. I think for a lot of people who have a lot of um, subscribers and a lot of viewers, like, they definitely are doing fine. Like, that's definitely a, a
1: lucrative career for people. She
8: acknowledges that the past few tumultuous years boosted a lot of ASMR artists' careers, including her own. I saw during the pandemic, I think there was a lot of need for ASMR, and so there were a lot of creators that came onto the scene. They were trying to keep up with the demand from viewers like Inez Leong. Leong is a photographer based in New York City. She started listening to recordings of typing, tapping, and whispering during the pandemic to stimulate human connection and to fall asleep.
1: That's when the ASMR videos start showing up, especially for co-working environment, people whispering because you miss that interaction.
8: So anecdotally, viewers believe ASMR calms them down and helps those like Leong, who'd otherwise be tossing and turning all night, to do this. Carl Bazil is a neurology professor at Columbia University, specializing in sleep disorders. He calls ASMR a tool that could conceivably help the busy mind.
0: ASMR and things like it are kind of a form of self-hypnosis. You're concentrating on something else and distracting your own brain, which is really the trick. And there's no magic to that particular technique. I do have a couple of the YouTube clips of ASMR. I'm like, you can try this.
8: There's not much research on ASMR, but one small study associated it with a reduced heart rate. Another showed that those who listen and watch report more self-awareness and an improvement in social processing. Andrew Smith teaches marketing at Suffolk University. He's studied ASMR.
0: One of the interesting things about ASMR is that it's such kind of a a broad blank slate as a, a medium for creation. It provides a lot of opportunities for uh any sort of product that can play a role in, in delivering that experience that ASMR creators are, are hoping to provide for their audiences.
8: ASMR artists whisper brand deals as listeners drift off to sleep. Kelly Belly works with a perfume brand.
3: I want to thank today's sponsor. So I have a little clip that I'm going to show you guys.
8: But in order to make money in these ways, creators first have to produce good content. Many spend a significant amount of money on improving the quality, they invest in cameras, microphones, and lighting equipment. And to fans like Emma Staville, a recent NYU grad who likes whispering videos, it matters.
2: As you improve and keep working, your setup will improve and you can afford like better microphones, better quality.
8: Kelly Belly was ahead of the crowd when she started in 2016, and at the time, there were only 50,000 ASMR YouTube channels. But now, it's estimated there are around 500,000. The genre's only growing, with each creator trying to stand out and make a living.